welcome to the Bootleg Baptist. I, Pastor Nick Staley. <clears throat> yeah, you know, thought since I've got my, you know, like I've mentioned, 13 listeners or so, or 13 watchers, whatever it is, um, I thought tonight we'd talk about something a little more practical, because I know in the last few weeks, um, me and my lead pastor, I'm I'm an elder at One Life Church, I'm also like an associate pastor there too, I'm on staff, even though I'm, uh, I work full-time job, plus I do that, so I, I do that part-time slash full-time, I don't think you can actually pastor part-time. Uh, kudos to all you uh, bivocational pastors out there. It's not always an easy job. Um, and then I do things like this, podcasts, do stuff for the church, but do a bunch of different things. A million things going at once. But I thought, since it's just me tonight, um, and I'm going on vacation next week, but my I think my wife and I are going to actually record a podcast. It may not be video, it just depends on what our signal quality is up in northern parts of Michigan, um, if we can get it uploaded or not. But her and I were talking about doing one together um, for you that week. But this week, what I thought I'd actually discuss is simply manliness. Because I, I, I think manliness, I don't want to call it an art. I mean, I want to call it, this, this is, because there's, there's a website, The Art of Manliness. Um, today, though, it does kind of seem appropriate to call it an art because manliness has lost um, its meaning for what it is. Um, so, you know, just to kind of give you a background of why I'm thinking this way. So I recently ran into, and you may watch it, I don't, or listen to it. Um, it's called The Rise of, The Rise and Fall of, um, it's Mark Driscoll's church, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church, or Mark Driscoll, whatever it is. Christianity Today is putting it on. And the first few episodes I was listening, I was very intrigued. I mean, it's, it really is a very intriguing and well-put-together podcast. Um, but in this last episode, which would be, the, I believe, the fourth episode, because it came out last week, it comes out on Wednesday, so last week for me, so I think it was the fourth one, third or fourth. Um, it actually is dealing with really the, the <laughs> almost, I hate this term, it's, it's a trash term, the toxic masculinity of, of Mars Hill Church. They kind of get into some of the um, nuances of what actually happened at Mars Hill Church. Um, stuff with Driscoll, uh, how he kind of treated people. And and I found myself listening to it. And at first I was very, you know, I'm intrigued by it. I'm listening because it's like a documentary. I love document. I love a good documentary. Um, so I'm listening to it with intrigue. I'm like, man, this is good stuff. I'm just learning stuff like how I, how I don't want to see my church fall uh, church I'm a part of and, and one of the elders. I just don't want to see it go this way. Um, but I also know that my the church, that One Life Church that I'm one of the pastors at, like I mentioned, we're actually a very masculine church. At the end of the day, we, we tend to be, we've talked to people, we've done some kind of, not self-discovery, but I'm just looking at what, what goes on around the church, what brings guys in. And we tend to be full of guys, like if you watched a few weeks ago, I had Corbin on with me, Corbin and Eric, but Corbin's a gun guy. I mean, we just tend to, uh, these kind of guys are, are are what tend to show up at the church, stay at the church, and get involved in the church. And uh, But when I was listening to this episode by Driscoll, this last one, dealing with that, what I found was really a lot of wickedness, like just like things he was talking about was wicked and wrong. But then also within that podcast, I, I realized something that, the podcast itself, even though it's a man putting it on, was actually a very, um, actually, I would say sinful, um, but it reminded me 
of of kind of a, a Karen doing the podcast. That's the term. What do we call a guy like that? Like a Karen? I don't know if that's a Keith or what. Um, but I, I found myself just kind of like, as I w- listened to it, more like, okay, what you're saying, I get, but now you're getting into ad hominem attacks. You're attacking his character and really going after what you perceive he was thinking, which now may I go back to my feelings of Mark Driscoll. I, now I've been a believer for around 20 years. And so if you take that time frame, I was growing up in the church. I'm 43 in the, uh, during that time when Driscoll was quite popular and I just never really cared for the guy. Um, something about him. I, I just didn't like, I never really listened to his stuff. I have no love loss that the guy lost his church. I think he should have been kicked out years before for some of this unholy and unrighteous, unbiblical character and behavior as a pastor of a church. Um, so, so I think they did right on that. But what this, what they were getting into on that podcast was a lot of like gossipy slander kind of stuff that um, tends to suck us in because we we. We love that stuff, uh, it, but but also shows to the kind of effeminate nature of our culture today. Um, and no offense, ladies, I, I'm sure some are listening, but women tend tend guys can do it too, and I'm not not excusing us. Um, but women tend to get into gossip. It's just if you look back historically, that's kind of what you see. It's it's just kind of what happens. It's a trend, guys. We don't tend to gossip as much because we don't have as much to say, I guess. Um, so it was uh, dealing with that end of it and things that was talking about, like sex and things you're saying, which, man, if you listen to it, yeah, he was saying, I mean, they do pull some audio in there. It was pretty pretty nasty stuff, but it made me just go, you know, there's some things he did do, get right from listening to this. There's some things he really got wrong. So he was kind of a pendulum swing. If you want to look at it on one side, you have the very effeminate males, the guys who want to be girls, or this the guys who are very, very effeminate. And then you have guys that are like overboard with it um, to the extreme. And that, that healthy place is, is really, a, it's not a, in the middle. It's actually just following scripture and being what scripture says. So I do want to warn you, if you listen to that, mind yourself, listen, you know, listen for the gospel, because I think there is, if we are to be biblical Christians, uh, all things shall be established by two or more witnesses. And a lot of this is a lot of one witness hearsay kind of stuff. Um, so just be watchful of that as you, as you listen to it, guys, girls, um, it's listen to it with a, if you do listen to it, be, just be weary. I'll tell you that. Don't get into gossip and slander that can happen with that. Deal with facts. Um, and that's, that's the part they do good at. But anyways, so it got me thinking about manliness and scripture. So I actually went to, uh, this is a definition from the 1828 Noah Webster, uh, dictionary on two terms that I think will help us because going back helps us to understand kind of manliness and what it's like. Um, because I'm not saying I'm a perfect man. I'm not saying I don't have faults. I don't saying I don't have sins. Um, that I'm a perfect man or example, but I know scripture tells us what it should be. And Christ was the perfect example of that. But in this, the definition of manliness that Webster gave back in, back in the 1800s was this. So manliness itself, he says, it's the qualities of a man, which are, and he gives these as such dignity, bravery, and boldness, dignity, bravery, and boldness. And then the term manly, I found this 
as well helpful. Uh, it says, be manly, the term manly means becoming a man, uh, which is firm, brave, undaunted. Uh, also says, serene and manly, hardened to sustain. Um, so here's kind of a one, two, three of it. He says, there's dig they're dignified, manly is dignified, noble, stately, um, or pertaining to the adult age of man as a manly voice. I mean, we could say our young men have a manly voice. Uh, but this is it. Not boyish or womanish as a manly stride. I think those definitions a little bit help us to understand what manliness was. Uh, what it was and what it should be. Which if you look at those, I mean, right at that last point, not boyish or womanish as a manly stride. That defines manly behavior. Not boyish. What's that mean? If you're not boyish, I think scripture actually helps us with this one, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. What did he give up? Speaking like a child, thinking like a child, and reasoning like a child. But actually put that away and became a man. A man is the opposite of that. A man is a person that is not childish doesn't act like a child, doesn't reason like a child. A, chi a child's reason is very, very, um, it's not thought through. It's very brash at times. And as men, we should be thinkers. I, I mean, unfortunately, we're not. We, we've lost the ability to be manly, uh, and the church has perpetrated this. I mean, the church has been really bad at this for a long time. We've really taken a lot of our a worship service because they're full of, of ladies who are, I, I love our women. I mean, there's nothing wrong with women being women, but we've really catered the worship towards women, which has created a, a bit of weak men, men who won't put their life on the line for anybody. Uh, they're too busy being children still, sticking to video games for 40. I'm not, hey, video games can be awesome. They can be a blessing. Sure, not saying that. But if that's your life and you're married, I'm going to be honest, that's stupid. That That is stupid. That's childish. That's just a blunt statement. It, is, it can be very stupid if you're wasting your time on that completely. That's just true. I mean, I actually, I, I'm not going to say I didn't play games. I'm not going to say I did, haven't played games. Because growing up, I was a child of the 80s. I grew up with, you know, in television, Atari, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. I mean, all those game systems coming up. And even when I was married, actually, one of the wedding gifts I got from some friends... Uh, that were believers, which was a PlayStation 1 or 2. I don't remember what that was back in, you might know that, early 2000s. Um, well, I got to light, relight my cigar. If you listen to this, I'm smoking a cigar. And by the way, I'm just smoking a Maduro. It's from a local cigar lounge. It's their brand. And I'm drinking, I don't know how to say it, Zywick? Zywick? Something like that. It's actually a Polish beer. Um, I find it very, very good beer. Um fantastic. Polish beers, I'm finding out, are pretty good. A guy I work with turned me on to it. But, oh, yeah, I was lighting my cigars. I'm talking about my beer. But, um, when it comes to manliness, we've just lost this ability because the church has become, it's become weak in itself. It hasn't become a, a strong place. Rather, it's there to sing and, you know, a term is, you know, Jesus is my girlfriend kind of music. It really has become that way. If you ask me, there's nothing more manly than psalms um, to sing. They're very manly 
tunes, but but they're because they're war songs i think toby sumter said you know it's uh it was at the fight laugh feast fight laugh feast conference i believe it was there that he said psalms are the war songs of the church and war tends to be men men go to war women stay home um and 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 guard the home and men go and actually fight for their women so when we become men, we put away that childish stuff. It's really like it goes back to that definition of you know, of, of uh, of men who are brave, who are bold, who are who are dignified. Um, we've lost that. We we've totally lost it. We've we've developed a culture of children. Um, we've developed a culture of men who don't know what it means to be a man anymore. Now you can say, well, I need to raise my kids to be outdoors, to go fishing, you know, all that stuff. Um, Put all that aside for a minute, because we don't want to get into like a legalistic side of what a man is like. Your kids play sports. Your kids don't play sports. Are you doing this with them? We can create this like law into itself. We just need to treat our teach our boys to be men, and that doesn't mean that they're out in the woods all the time. It doesn't mean that they're hacking down a tree. It's it's what it really defines a man. Well, yes, he's brave and he's bold, uh, but more than that, he's a man who works hard. I mean, all the way back in the garden, we're told that in the fall, we're going to, you know, work and sweat. Um, that's what men do. We work, we sweat, we get tired. Um, our bodies break down, but, but this is what we do. And we, we love women and we protect our women and we serve our women, um, because that's our role. I mean, scripture tells us that, you know, as men, we're to love our wives, like Christ loved the church and was willing to give himself up for her and really die for her and and that's part of the man a man is brave enough to put his life on the line for his wife that's a man a man is somebody who's leading his family well um I, we don't use at our church we don't use the term servant leadership um i go a million ways on that and there's some history in that with puritans why not but i but i like in our church we actually use the term ruler because it's more of a biblical term it, it just is men are rulers of the home it's just, it's a better term. It's not something people like, whatever, I don't care. Um, it's just what the church is. It's what men are. It's what men are to be as, as rulers of their home. Um, and we've lost that ability. Um, so the first thing, though, we need to do as men is really put away that childish ways. Don't reason like a child. Don't think like a child. Rather, put that away and teach your young men to think like men, to understand that they are becoming men. They're, they are really the future men of the church. And they're the men who will lead it. And so we need stronger men. But 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 with manliness, it's it's a level of working hard. You know, getting a job and working hard to provide for your family or having a family. Um, if you're not married, get married. Um, have kids. We need to do that. Let's just be honest. Um, men have kids. Some some. Now I'm not saying so. There are, there comes times where women and God just doesn't open that up to have kids. But if your reason for not having kids is it might take away from some of your fun. That's again, that's just stupid. Um, this life is not about your fun. You know, it's, it's about the glory of Christ, glory of God. It's about it's about loving your family, loving the world, loving your neighbor, loving Christ, loving God. It's it's more than just your own personal happiness, because that I, I'm sorry, but if you not ha- let's I'm, I'm just gonna okay, because one of my taglines, you know, is um, if you're offended, go somewhere else. So I can be blunt here. Um, If you're in your 30s 
And you're saying, well, we want to enjoy time before we have kids because we're married, but we're going to enjoy that time. Suck it up, guys. Um, I'm 43. I have a grandson now. Um, he's an awesome blessing, but I'm also 43 and I can't chase him around like I once was. While you're young, have kids because you, your strength is there. So quit using that as an excuse. Do you want to enjoy life? Have some kids and raise them. And once they're raised, go do your business. Trust me, you'll, you'll, you don't need as much energy then to go have fun. Um, but be a man. Own up. And do it. And 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 let's let's look at more scripture here. So 1 Corinthians 16. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. And I think it'd be act like men and be strong. That's that's the key to this. Men are strong. I, it's funny. I mean, we've in this culture we've completely abandoned what manliness is because now. I, if you're watching the Olympics in any way, I, I saw, I don't know what event it was, but there was a man who won in a woman's event. Great. Now men are the best athletes in women's sports too. We've even overridden that, which that's not right. Um, let's just be honest. Men be men. That's what we are. God made us this way. And if you want to be anything other than a man, again, if you're offended, go somewhere else. But if you want to be anything other than a man, like a woman, um, yeah, there's a big problem there because God has made you in a certain way, but that's more than likely anybody that thinks that way is not paying attention to this whatsoever because um, all 13 of you that are watching, maybe 14 after this. Um, so we just need to be men, not get into some legalistic, what does it look like to be a man? Because in every culture, it looks different. Um, and even in every time, it looks different what men do. But the key is to work hard, to be strong, be brave, be bold. Um, rule the church well, rule your family well. Um, get involved and, and just love your kids. You know, my wife and I were talking before this and I just, you know, I'm like, well, honey, which, which I talk about when we were talking about manliness. She says, one thing that men need to know is how to be patient. And I was like, man, she's on to something there because it's a wife. She sees this now. I'm not going to lie. I've lost my cool a few times, I, but over the years I've become, especially as I get older, kids get older. I've, I've become a lot more chill. <laughs> Good term bad term. Um, but being patient with my kids, being patient with people is really a thing a man is as well. Um, it's not somebody that's, that's abrasive purposely, um, but is patient, understands that people and kids grow at different times. Loving your wife re requires patience. Just like her loving you requires patience. Trust me, it takes a, probably a lot more patience for a wife to love us than, to, than us to love them because that's something they're gifted with. But it's that level of being patient with our wives, um, being patient with our kids. It's something a man does. There's certain attributes. See, it's the principle. It's not the method like we talked about a few weeks ago, which we'll eventually talk about again. But it's principle. It's it's the patience is a principle. What does that look like? The methods that goes by, I don't know, can differ from man to man, but it's being patient. Um, sorry. I know if you're listening to this, you hear stop every now and again. It's just me puffing on my cigar. Um, but, but I think we need to get back to this, what biblical manliness is and actually just go to what it is to be a man. So if I'm going to break it down, it's in, in strength, in our strength guys, it's, it's working hard and providing for your family. There's situations where wives work. There, there's legitimate situations there. I'm not going to knock that. There's plenty of, of situations where that arises. Um, but guys, let's just be honest. If Let's say you're making, I don't make this. I'm just going to throw you out there. Let's say you're making six figures. 
that, that's plenty to live on today. Um, if you're up there making that good of money and your wife's working too, and you guys are really just working to serve your house, like literally the building, your house, eh, you probably need to get a smaller house and actually um, spend a little more time with making sure your wife can be there for the kids that hopefully you have. Um, if God's blessed you with a, with a womb that's open and you have plenty of kids, then do your best to make sure they're not being raised by a, by a uh, daycare and uh, public schools, but rather to be raised by mom at home. It's, I mean, it's an ideal situation. Um, it truly is an ideal situation. Let's, I mean, scripturally, you can't get around that. That's how it's always been. Just within the last hundred, well, really the last 70 years, 75 years, this has become a different thing where, where both people work. It's another story for another day. We need to go back to that. I mean, we want to change the culture and see the culture realize what God has made people to be, man and woman. We need to model it. And if we want to see what true families are and what biblical families are, again, we need to follow, We need to model it. If, if we're not modeling it, the world doesn't know what to do. And if they look at us and go, you're crazy for doing that, that's not our problem. We just be faithful to Christ, be what he is. If you want to look at the perfect example of manliness, look to Christ. Look at what he did. There were times he was very tender. Um, you can look at, uh, let's say, the woman who touched his robe and, and she was she was seeking healing and she just touched it. It was very tender with her. There are other times where he was really tough, where it came to people desecrating the temple and he's flipping tables. Um, I don't know how true this is. Somebody once told me that that area he was cleansing was like six acres in size. If that's wrong, I, I don't know. If that Even if it was an acre big, I think of a couple of tables. Reality is probably a lot more than that. He was cleansing it with a whip. So he was tough and he was tender. And then he gave, like as the perfect example, gave his life for somebody else. He literally gave his life for you and for me for on the cross, uh, securing our salvation. So that's an act of manliness is giving. You know, look at what's going on in, in culture right now. Women, they're considering putting women in the draft. Guys, like, honestly, do we love our women enough not to put them on the front lines? Do we love our women enough to go, we would serve? Trust me, right now, if my, if my daughters who are 14 and 15 years old, if, if, they want, if there was a war that came about and they said, you know what, we're drafting your women. And I'm, so let's say I'm 50 years old at that point. I would say, no, you're not. I'll go and fight and die. Not my daughters. That's not their spot. Um, I'd be willing to do that in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even skip a beat to do it. Or my boys, I pray that my boys would go, no, my, my sister's not going. I will go in her stead. Um, or their husbands someday as they're married. But want want to bring us back to manliness about just being strong, being bold, not being afraid to stand up for what's right. And by what's right, it's not some thing culture is going to tell us about. Rather, it's something right by biblical standards, um, which you need to read your scripture to do that. Read the scriptures to, to know that. Um, but we need to get back to manliness of just be, the art of being men. Um, to not putting our women at risk, uh, but rather loving them. Putting our wives at risk, our daughters at risk, our mothers at risk, our, our grandmothers at risk. Rather, being bold enough to defend them. And being bold enough to defend them is saying, is saying, I love you enough to serve you and, and, and to give myself for you um, of my time and my labor and everything I can possibly do to make sure that you can be this, like as, as the CEO of the home, if I look at it that way, the man is, the wife is the COO and the CEO is there to go out, serve so the wife can be at home and run the operations of the house. Um, so 
when you get back to manliness, I don't know that I give you a great definition there. I don't know if this even hits home with you, but I, I hope we can start restoring manliness um, as, an, as, I guess, maybe I go back to that term art. I don't like it so much, but an art of manliness. I, I mean, let's just call it biblical manliness um, where we start understanding what it's like to be a man. Um, that, that we're going to put away childish things, but we're going to actually act like men. We're going to do as scripture says, and we are going to to fight um, for, for our ladies. Um, we're going to defend them. We're going to be loving, um, caring guys. I, you know, I, I look at my own life. Um, I'll give you a little bit of my story, a little bit behind it. Uh, before I was a believer, actually, I met my wife. Uh, we met in Alcoholics Anonymous of all places. Um, but Corey had, uh, she, uh, she was, boy, how old were we, we met? Uh, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. She's a year younger than me. She's right 19, I was 20. Um, she actually had a son already. Um, she had a kid when she was like 17, Garrett, uh, my oldest son. And then she had Dennis um, when she was, when we actually met, I think she was pregnant at the time with Dennis. Um, we met, uh, we dated. I, I, be, I became a Christian, uh, but within that time, um, one thing that I did, and I was an apprentice electrician at the time, um, so we, anyways, I was converted, we got married um, when we were like 22, 23. Um, but ever since that day, I mean, I was making, funny to look back, it was a long time ago, I think I was making like 15 bucks an hour, maybe as an electrician, not a lot of money, but we decided back then what was best for her was to be with the kids. Uh, and man, we, we lived, it's funny, we lived in the hood of Flint, Michigan, um, not a great neighborhood, but it was what we could afford. And uh, it worked, I worked my butt off. And oh, because of those times, I've had multiple back surgeries, procedures done, foot surgery, knee surgery. I mean, you name it, I've had it done. I've actually got a battery in my back that can helps control pain, um, but I don't skip a beat. And I don't do it because I don't, I, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. Rather, it's I, I'm just going to point this to Christ because of, of what's been instilled in me through Scripture was despite all the things that have happened to me, all the different surgeries and pain and the things like I can't go back to be be doing physical labor like as an electrician that I used to be because of all the problems I have in my back that don't mean I can't work and I work my butt off for my family um, I come home tired I don't sleep a lot of nights I sleep very little I, but I work my butt off to make sure my wife can be there for the kids and she's there for my grandkid uh, and hopefully someday I will have a plethora because we have six kids um, but I'm there to make sure my wife can be there for the kids um, because I feel, we feel in our home that that is what is best for me. Homeschool the kids. Um, we just love our kids, and, and that's a good thing. She's obviously my first priority in the home. She's my, uh, my love, my life, my wife. Um, but making sure she's able to do that has made me at times take on more than one job. It's made me to, to work harder. Um, so if you want to start by... If, let's say you're at the point where you go, man, I just need to get back on board. I need to, to, to be a man again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that's a really simple practice. Something I do, and I don't do it perfectly because there's times I don't and things are going on. But I do my best to remember this, and it's a, it's a place, place to start. Humble yourself and open the door for your wife. Every single time you can. If she's getting in the car, open the door for her. 
it's a very simple gesture, but it'll start to realize, man, I'm making sure she gets in the car, she's safe, she's good before I get in the car. I'm the last one in the car. It's a really simple gesture. It's a really simple thing to do. Do it for your wife and see what happens. Start acting like a man and giving of yourself for her. It, it, it means a lot. And trust me, your wife will love you more for it. It's just reality. If she doesn't and finds that weird, then you may have married a feminist and you need to talk about that. Um, or a feminazi. But let's just go back to being men like Christ was. You know, being loving, tender towards our wives, but then being bold when it comes to protecting our wives and our church and our family, our church family um, and our greater family. Um, let's be bold enough. Let's be strong. Let's go back to that definition real quick. Um, of manliness, it's, it's, it is really dignity, it's bravery, and it's boldness. And those, I think, are really good key words for us to kind of remember. To be dignified, to be upright, to, to stand, with, to stand and, and, and for people to know that, that we're, we're honest, we're, we're, we're just men, you know, we're, we're, we're brave. We, we give of our, ourselves for our wives and our kids and other believers in Christ. And we're bold. We're bold enough to stand up and say enough's enough. We're principled men. We need to be principled. Stand on principle. Um, going back to the Mars Hills thing, Mars Hill, uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, I think that's where, where that misses. Just as Driscoll missed on a deep end, they miss on the other side because they're not bold. Actually, it comes across as pretty sissy at times because it's like, accusatory rather than documentary um yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of weird podcast anyways it's good I find it intriguing but i also find it watched with a with kind of watched from a distance be weary of that you don't fall into gospel and slander on that because that's again that's not something us men we're to be dignified um so for tonight that's kind of what i just wanted to hit on is manliness about getting back to being men um, to, to say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with the patriarchy. There's nothing wrong with men being the rulers, um, rulers of our homes. And I mean, when you think of, where is this at? I got it on here. I know I do. Um, when you think that we've dropped the ball, think of this. This is Isaiah 3.12. My people, infants are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, my people, your guides mislead you and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Um, we've given up the rulership in all areas. And unfortunately, it's our forebearers' fault. It really is. But we can make a change today. We can raise a generation that's not afraid to be men, not afraid to rule well, not afraid to serve in the public square, not afraid to open businesses, to work for a slave master, um, if that's the case. Uh, but whatever it is, it's giving of yourself for your, for your family. Um, like Ephesians says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Remember that at all times. Uh, a husband is not somebody who domineers over his wife, rather is loving his wife and ruling well but also leading her to love Christ well and helping to sanctify her. That is your role, men. Um, it's, and young men, if you're watching this and you're not married, find a wife, get married, love her, give yourself for her, serve your church, serve your family, and do well. Um, 
These are honorable things. Raise a generation, start, you know, raise a generation of men who are men. Um, put away childish ways that when they grow up, you can say, yeah, that, my, my son is now a man. Um, so anyways, um, so I think that's all I got. I'm just kind of leaving it there. I know it's kind of just a little bit of a monologue. That's okay. I'm good with monologue. I'm sure four of you that watch this are. Um, so I will, again, say it like I do so often. If you're offended, go somewhere else. Because at this point, if you're watching this and you've watched it this far and you're offended, I, I'm not in this for the money, guys. This is just a podcast and just a video. So I'm not in it for that. I'm just here to tell you, go somewhere else because nobody in this room, which is just me, gives a rip. Uh, so just go somewhere else and go be offended and go be a snowflake and melt somewhere uh, because I don't care. And if you are offended, um, grow a set. Probably a good idea. See ya.